right, welcome to another edition of Inside the Athlete's Mind. My name is David Strukel, and we are on Spotify. I'm Dave Strukel, and on the, uh, I guess, phone call through Facebook audio is Andrew White. And I am a professor of communication at Hiram College. Andrew White is professor of psychology and the coordinator of the sport management program at Hiram College. Andrew, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fine. And people listening or will, when they download this podcast will hear lots of insects, trucks rolling by. It's nothing to do with uh, Andrew's location, strictly with mine. Uh, I'm outside on Hiram College's campus somewhere between the library and Bates Hall, so getting lots of ambient sound here, which should be very entertaining. So if you hear the occasional maintenance truck go by or something else, that's what's happening. So hopefully, uh, I'm taking a little risk here, Andrew. It's fine. It's a beautiful day. Take advantage. It sure is. Well, let's talk about one thing that seems to crop up every so often. I don't think we've had this happen, not at least not in my lifetime where an elected official such as President Trump has been so outspoken about sports. I mean, I remember before presidential involvement in sports might have been a phone call to the Super Bowl champion or the NBA champion or what have you. Now it's becoming a pretty often commentary where President Trump will address certain things. And in an interview with Fox Sports Radio, President Trump had addressed things like the NBA, teams kneeling for the national anthem, the league's involvement in China, and he said he thinks it's been horrible for basketball. Look at the basketball ratings. They're down. They're down to very low numbers, very, very low. People are angry about it. They don't realize. They don't want. They have enough politics with guys like me. They don't need more as they're driving down, going up for the shot. They don't need it. And there was a nastiness about the NBA, the way it was done, too. So I think that they, the, the NBA is in trouble. I think it's in big trouble, bigger trouble than they understand. And frankly, ice hockey is doing very well. This is Donald Trump still talking. They didn't do that. They respected the Moors. They respected what they're supposed to be doing. They're actually doing very, very well, as I understand it. You have to stand for your flag. You have to respect your flag in your country. You're making millions of dollars a year to be playing a sport you'd be playing anyway if you didn't make They'd be playing it on the weekends, and they have to respect their country. So a fact check. First of all, the NHL, they have had players kneeling during the National Anthem. Not like the demonstrations by the NBA teams and whatnot, but they have had some demonstrations. And here we are back to the same issue of a platform for athletes. And I, I think they're in such an influence, I think they have every right to stand and speak or kneel and speak as in this situation but the criticism i mean come on we've got better things to worry about here yeah for sure Uh, i mean there's just so many more important things and the ironic thing about this is that that's the reason why they are speaking up is because there are more important things than basketball right now and uh and you just we talked about this a little bit before you just look at the the pattern and kind of the entitlement that we see here uh yes they have a platform and why why are we trying to limit their ability to use that platform a lot of people have a message that they want to send uh whether it be a politician or a journalist or an athlete and if they have the platform they have the ability to try to send their message uh, there was a reporter uh, it was probably a year or two ago who told LeBron to just shut up and dribble. Uh, why is it okay for some people 
like politicians to um, push forward their personal opinions. Uh, why don't people say shut up and govern or just report the news? And so it's this unfair, to put it lightly, double standard. And if you look at the pattern for someone like Donald Trump, um, he's okay if people are speaking up and sharing their views using their platform if their views line up with his. So he had no problem when someone like Drew Brees uses his gigantic platform to make a statement. But when a black man has the audacity to speak up about racial inequality, he needs to shut up and just get in line. It's, it's terrible. You, you know, and you bring up a good point. You mentioned the word pattern. And anyone who's paid attention over the last couple of years or a few years, Bubba Wallace, the NFL players who kneel were called sons of bees. Now the NBA restarting Donald Trump's comments. There is a pattern here. A certain segment of our population gets criticized for their First Amendment rights, which I thought everyone was for. Uh, I'm, I'm just. I think people need to realize what's going on there. Uh, let's touch upon another topic. So we touched on ratings of right. the games. Yeah. This is a different season. They're playing games like uh, almost like summer AAU basketball or summer camp basketball, where it's like <laughs> two, five, seven o'clock, what have you. I mean, two o'clock games are running up against uh, the People's Court, Jerry Springer, <laughs> and other <laughs> highly rated programs. So, right. when addressing ratings, this is not a fair criticism. <laughs> yeah, uh, not at all. And you know, it's a bit of that misinformation pattern that we see too. And I mean, tomorrow I believe is the last day of we'll call it regular season games for the NBA. Games start at one thirty and. Most people are going to be busy at 1.30. There's just other things going on. Work, or if you work third shift, you might be asleep. It's just not not a real comparison to make. But despite that, after the first few games, uh, viewership, even on TNT and ESPN, so the cable platforms, has actually increased from pre-their uh, COVID hiatus numbers. So... It, it's misleading and inaccurate at the same time. You know, and I can't say anything scientifically uh, in terms of hard numbers, but I think I've seen social media coverage increase because of these odd times of uh, when the games are being broadcast and played because I follow my team, the Lakers, a ton, and their social media department's all over. They're posting highlights all the time on Twitter, Instagram, what have you. And I actually think the media coverage in terms of that platform or that way of consuming the uh, information has increased. But again, no hard numbers on my end, but I, I just notice I just by as a casual observation. Yeah. And a lot of the NBA viewership is younger, uh, is from the younger generations, and they're less likely to have cable. They're kind of part of that uh, cord cutting generation i guess we'll say and they are engaging with the nba through social media so that's not surprising that you're saying that yeah you know one last thing <laughs> to to hammer on the trump criticism again when talking about their struggling what have you 
the NBA is of the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. The NBA is the most global sport of the professional uh, sports leagues, and so to say they're struggling, and I, I almost, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with that comment. I mean, the the, the global reach of the league, uh, the viewership around the globe, the influence of global players who are now playing in the NBA, just that, that kind of criticism to me is just void. It's, it's has no cred. Right, yeah. It's an interesting thing to focus on to say a league is struggling if you're only looking at viewership. Yeah, I get it. It's a business. That's a big part of it. But at the same time, like we've said already, there are bigger things going on right now. And they are excelling in terms of trying to promote systemic change in our society they are doing whatever they can as a sport organization for that at the same time they're excelling in trying to protect their players from coronavirus they haven't had a positive test in I think since the beginning of their bubble maybe one positive along the way I I forget the exact numbers on that but you compare that, that success or their structure with MLB and yeah, the NBA has had an incredible amount of success. Indeed. This is Inside the Athlete's Mind. My name is David Struco, and with me is Andrew White. And let's shift gears to football. And first, it was the Mid-American Conference. Wow, how about them uh, leading the pack, uh, deciding not to have football this fall. The Big Ten at first said they would not play non-conference games. Then they said, okay, we're not going to do football at all. And I, you know, I, I suspect, I'm not big into conspiracy theories, but Ohio State's first game was against Bowling Green. Uh, so the Buckeyes backing out of that game, you know. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, of course, when the Big Ten canceled their conference season all play, I just it was a fun day on Twitter and Facebook for me because to watch a lot of Ohio State fans joking that Michigan can say, well, the Wolverines won't lose to the Buckeyes this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if there's anyone who likes the University of Michigan listening to this podcast, but there's a point there. Um, but So while college football, a lot of schools are taking the fall off, the show goes on for Ohio high school football. It seems this way. From the Ohio High School Athletic Association, a week ago, the OHSAA announced it will be moving to a six-game regular season, which is set to begin August 24th. And additionally, all schools will be eligible to participate in this year's postseason, which will begin on October 9th, with the state finals to be held no later than Saturday, November 21st. And according to a press release, the playoff seating will be determined via a coach's vote. It will be held on September 28th. And all playoff matchups through the regional semifinals and possibly the regional finals will be hosted by the higher seed. Um, so a lot going on here. The first thing to discuss, first of all, going with the six-game season, it's a little different than a 10-game season, so right off the bat, you're into it, and there's no contact uh, preseason games for any of the high schools. So you better be, have your game ready on week one of the football season. So talk about how shortening the season or the regular season and taking away preseason scrimmages, how that Im- might impact uh, football or how they perform. Yeah, so the shortening from 10 to 6, which is really 10 to 7 since everyone is guaranteed a playoff game. Um, 
I don't know if that has a substantial change. Uh, you, you still have seven games to kind of right the ship. Um, yeah, every game matters a little bit more, but that's a lot different than going from 162 games to 60 games. True. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you may lose a game here or there. At odds of losing a game that's a rivalry game, probably not that big. I, I think not having contact and those scrimmages before that's a little more problematic than just the reduction in number of games and it for me the concern becomes injury risk Uh, the contact leading up to actual competitions is a great time for coaches to make sure technique is okay and make sure that form is not going to cause any sort of injury for a player making a tackle or trying to not get tackled and that that's a little worrisome for me and it's the same thing when you think about youth hockey and youth football and the debate is always well at what point should we start introducing contact to those sports do they need to have some sort of uh, ramping up of contact so that coaches can really monitor how it's happening to make sure it's safe or do we restrict contact entirely until they reach a certain point and then it's a free-for-all that's a dangerous approach when there hasn't been time to make sure it's being done as safe as possible. You brought up a great point about rivalry games, and I know my hometown, Maslin Tigers, the big concern was when you can cut the season down to six games, Maslin and McKinley would always play in week 10 to close out the regular season, and McKinley is in a league, Maslin is an independent, and so it was interesting to follow the behind-the-scenes in the media. So the Federal League said, we're going to wait until Maslin and McKinley figure out where they're going to go with their game. Then we'll figure in, figure, put in, fill in the blanks after that. So Maslin and McKinley will be uh, at the end of the season, or I guess at the end of the six-week or somewhere around there, but not in week one or anything like that. And just different, and I guess lots of props to the uh, athletic directors to figure out things on very short order. Uh, but yeah. getting go, go ahead well I was just going to say one interesting thing that we might see that I don't think usually happens in high school football is uh, teams may pay a little more attention to who their first round matchup might be and what, what the bracket may look like for them for the playoffs and maybe you are willing to rest a lot of your players in that last game to avoid playing a strong team in the in the first round, maybe a strong team who had an injury and you know they're a low seed because of it, but you know they're really good. So we might see a little more um, seeding manipulation, I guess. Oh, are, are you going? You would. Andrew, wait, wait. Are you going to lose that? Use that phrase "load management" a little bit there. I almost I, thought that was going to yeah. creep into the conversation. <laughs> yeah, we might start to see that even in high school football this year. Well, I wouldn't think that, you know, that kind of strategy in, in terms of uh, playing people or whatever would happen in football, but here we are. And the biggest thing, I think, like you said, is injury. I mean, if now when you're looking at a six-game regular season with maybe, whatever, 10 weeks max, you got a kid who's got a bad ankle or severe ankle sprain, that, that could be huge in terms of availability for playoffs or end of the regular season or what have you so 
there, there's, I think, a whole other worry that goes on with injury and rehab and trying to get kids back on the field. Yeah, have you seen anything on the length of the season? Are they going to shorten the season or just shorten the number or reduce the number of games? Let's see here. Uh, so we'll because start. That, that could have August an impact, 20. you know. Uh, yeah. If you just shorten it by a month, that's a lot less recovery time. But if they're trying to embed some uh, quarantine and isolation time in there, uh, then injury length may not have much of an effect. Yeah, so if I'm looking at this from uh, the release, they said the season will begin August 24th, postseason will begin on October 9th, and if the state finals will be November 21st, that's going to be quite a lengthy postseason. Uh, and again, letting all teams in there. Uh, I don't know. The final decision, and I have not said this yet, but final decision rests with Governor DeWine who is expected to make an announcement on Tuesday uh, in terms of whether or not there will be a football high school football season and from the press conference he had on Thursday yesterday the indications were that this will move forward he will limit uh, audience members to just the players families so uh, that might create some angst amongst some high school hungry football fans uh, but mm-hmm. it seems like that's where we're going here. Yeah, uh, I hope they have very clear definitions of what counts as a family member. Because uh, <laughs> we may end up with, I mean, I grew up in a small town that was football crazy. And I could see them listing 35 people as family members for each player on that team. Because eh, it's a small town, you know, there's a lot of connections throughout. So, yeah, this is my fourth cousin twice removed. They're part of the family. I saw a lot of Facebook posts yesterday from folks in Maslin, my hometown. We're, we're crazy. Uh, I'll admit that. And a lot of them were asking to uh, adopt uh, members of the football team. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, good luck with that, Governor Dwayne. Exactly. You better work on that paperwork process there. Um, <laughs> two questions here. First of all, letting every team in the playoffs. Uh, my immediate thought I when I heard that phrase was I was thinking, boy, that sounds like playoff basketball in Indiana. <laughs> where every where basically every team gets in and what have you and uh, I don't know do you have any thoughts for or against letting every football team make the postseason definitely an unusual setup yeah definitely unusual setup I think I kind of understand where they're getting from because with only seven games you may end up with a lot of undefeated teams and then some teams with one loss or two losses just don't make it and maybe they lost one or two games because they had an important injury and they're I don't know you could have Maslin lose a quarterback and running back for a couple games and all of a sudden they don't make the playoffs that doesn't mean they're not a good team it means they had some bad luck along the way so by guaranteeing at least a first round you're letting everyone have a chance to make it to the playoffs and I get that that side of it uh, it's going to be a scheduling nightmare and like you said it does make for a very lengthy uh, timeline there for the playoffs but um, I, I'm, I'm okay with it for this year I mean, we've got to be pretty flex well I should say I'm okay with it since they are deciding to have a season uh, that's another decision but um, yeah we've got to be flexible with how we go about having seasons so you know, if this, they think this is good that's fine by me Indeed. 
Well, I've already mentioned about my hometown, Maslin Tigers. Uh, they've gone to the state title game two year, the last two years. Uh, last year, they lost to LaSalle from Cincinnati. Previous year, it was Akron Hoban. So they've come up short. They made it to Week 15. Maslin is still trying to win his first title on the field versus the many pole championships of the past. And Andrew, trust me, as a Maslin guy, we hear it all the time, paper champions, uh, never won one on the field, and all that stuff. And, oh, my gosh, I can't even begin to tell you what will happen in Maslin if uh, we finally win one on the field. But <laughs> having said that, if Maslin wins it all this year, this year, six-game regular season, then an extended playoff run. Is there an asterisk, or is there a debate here? I mean, this this is almost this takes me back several years to when uh, Phil Jackson had used that word asterisk to describe an NBA champion in a shortened season. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think? In my mind, no, not at all. I, I mean. They're still playing the game. It's yeah, a shortened season. Everyone makes the playoffs, but I, I don't think any of that changes the quality of a championship in this year. You you ask just about anyone how much of the game is physical and how much is mental, and they're going to give a pretty decent chunk to the mental side of just about any sport. And you could argue that the mental side, so staying focused on whatever sport it is you're doing, is exponentially harder with everything going on in the world right now. Coronavirus among them. So, yeah, you're making the game even harder in that sense. So, yeah, maybe it gets an asterisk because it's especially impressive. Yeah, and I think maybe the heart-crushing thing for Maslin fans like myself who have no family members on the team is that I'll be online, I'll be streaming games, I cannot be there in the stands. Uh, so yep. if it happens, uh, wow, I can't wait to be You're downtown Madison. one of the players? What's that? You're not looking to adopt one of the players? Oh, man, that would might have to put a notice out on Facebook sometime soon. I might have to prep another bedroom in the house uh, for, for alignment or something. I, I don't know. You know, before we wrap it up, I I have to address two funny things uh, I saw on Twitter and definitely made the rounds with Ohio State. Uh, Prior to their season being canceled, the conference schedule, uh, Coach Ryan Day said a couple things that uh, were funny. One, I I guess Jim Harbaugh up in Michigan had something, said something that really irked Ryan Day or got under his skin. And he had made a comment that he said he couldn't wait to play Michigan because he wanted to hang 100 or hang a 100 spot on the Wolverines. Uh, so I, yeah. <laughs> so that was a whole other level of uh, bulletin board material. And I, I, I can't, I, I'll have to dig up what Harbaugh said. The other thing that happened was a reporter was doing a Zoom chat with Ryan Day and she, she had brought up Michigan. And you could see on Ryan Day's face as the reporter said the word Michigan, that he just started scrunching up his face. And immediately when the question ended, Ryan Day said, don't say that word again. It's that team up north. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to tell you, uh, you know, I went to Bowling Green. Our biggest rival was Toledo. So 
definitely not as big as Michigan or Ohio State. I, I mean, I've been part of the big Michigan or Maslin and McKinley rivalry. That's had a lot of his, history and trash talk back and forth. But sometimes when you the Ohio State and Michigan trolling back and forth is just it's almost a sport in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is, and it's a year-round sport too. Yes, indeed. Andrew, anything else before uh, we close out this edition of Inside the Athlete's Mind? No, I don't think so. I guess to the high school football athletes, if your season's going to be starting in 10 days, good luck, stay safe. Uh, Next time we talk, they'll already be a week into their season. Yeah, good luck to everyone. We hope uh, everyone stays safe and uh, injury-free. And we'll see you next time on Inside the Athlete's Mind. Take care. Take care.